Welcome to Conversations on Life, Work, and Love, hosted by coaches Bonnie Blackstone and Ramey Gibbs. Our focus is to give voices to Gen X women and help them achieve a well-lived life. Hi, good afternoon, Miss Ramey. How are you? Doing all right, Bonnie. Are you feeling um, motivated and excited after watching a little Matthew McConaughey this morning? All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. I've been waiting all day to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it gave you an opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, it was was super inspiring. Um, For those of you who don't know, he um, partnered with uh, Tony Robbins um, and a few others through uh, Tony Robbins' format to um, go deeper into his book, Green Lights. Um, It's super good. Who knew he was, you know, such a... Uh, motivator tra- and motor- trailblazer and all yeah, these things. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's my new hero. <laughs> <laughs> and he's cute too. <laughs> yeah, he is awful cute. Not bad to look at. Right. Yeah. So today we have a special treat, Rainy. We're coaching um, someone who's offered uh, to come on air with us and share some concerns of hers and um, willing to let us get in there and help her Work some stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. We're so, excited to dig in with Yeah. Her. So welcome aboard, Kelly. Um, Kelly Bond. Um, I met her when I lived in Las Vegas through a mutual friend, and we became friends along the way. So I know quite a bit about Miss Kelly. But um, Kelly, if you're ready, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi. And thank you for the opportunity to join you, ladies. This is, uh, you know, a rare treat for me as well to kind of take time out of the daily routine to focus on myself for a hot minute. And that's, that's been my, my weakness is that, you know, I'm a, a mom of two little kids, four and five year olds. And, uh, I'm, I guess what the, the going phrase is the sandwich generation. So I'm also taking care of my aging mother. Right. Uh, so, you know, I have a, a lot of different name tags, mom, daughter, mommy, mommy, mom, mom, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> darling wife. So um, it's hard for me sometimes to put my own name tag on of self and, you know, prioritize myself and my needs and finding time and carving time out that's dedicated to, um, you know, not just exhaling, but enriching my own life. And um, so that's kind of my biggest task uh, that I want to tackle today. Okay. Well, hopefully by the end of the hour, you will be able to move away from those labels you just handed out to us about yourself <laughs> um, and find something that is truly authentically, uniquely Kelly and start off on your path to your self-discovery and finding those times for yourself. because. Um, it's interesting, you know, the quintessential Gen X lady that um, we talk about, um, you, you waited to have children, you yeah. <laughs> uh, gave up a career to raise them, you are taking care of an older parent, you know, that sandwich genera- generation, and a lot of women find themselves in your shoes. So I think as we coach you, we're probably going to be coaching a lot of other women out there in the same boat. Yeah. Right. Yeah, who knew that was such a popular yeah. <laughs> sandwich well, to be in? It's just not delicious. Really? That's all. No, it's not. It's it's a, a <laughs> peanut butter and mustard kind of situation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, Kelly, before we start coaching, let's just take a minute to ground ourselves. Um, take uh, Just go ahead and close your eyes if that feels comfortable. Put your feet on the ground. Um, close your eyes. Loosen your muscles. Drop your shoulders. Loosen your jaw. And I want you to take a few deep cleansing breaths. Ramy and I are doing it right along with you. A few breaths just to soften your body. Come to the moment, the here and now. Give yourself this hour just to be Kelly and to absorb this opportunity. Um, and if it feels right, set a little intention for your time today. Another couple deep breaths. And when you're ready, let us know. Yep. Okay. Well, let's dive in then. Coaching session with Miss Kelly. Um, well, you've told us quite a bit, actually, of what you want to work on today. So let's um, let's start there. Tell us a little bit more about um, you've given us labels and you've given us a scenario of where you are. So let's look at um, what truly brings you here today. What would you like to focus on? Well, so I find myself, um, because I'm so pulled in all the different directions, that I find myself having less and less patience for everyone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, therefore, I'm not being the best daughter. I'm not being the best wife. I'm not being the best mom because I'm, I'm feeling empty, frustrated, um, that I don't have enough enough mental capacity to handle it all and still be happy, focused, um, committed to each of those, those portions of myself. Right. Right. Um, Ramy, what is it you like to say? You cannot pour from an empty cup. <laughs> it is so true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is very true. And so if we're hearing you right, you've just lost sight of who you are and you've just stretched yourself so thin. Yeah. And um, I hear some. Absolutely. Hear some resentment in there and some frustration. You said frustration a couple times. Um, yeah, definitely. Impatience. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I'm, I'm my mom's only caregiver. You know, we lost my dad, her husband, and my brother. And so it's literally just down to me and her. And so it's not like I have anybody to tag in, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on with your mom? What her? Yeah. So she, um, she went many years without, you know, kind of the same thing, not taking care of herself because she was taking care of my dad who had multiple sclerosis. Uh, her health was kind of backburnered. So um, she had diabetes that she never treated or cared for or was even diagnosed with. And it kind of wreaked havoc on her body. Um, she has vision loss because of it and kidney damage that led to kidney failure. Um, and so she is currently, she has, you know, the vision loss, partial hearing loss that she was born with. Um, and kidney failure, and most recently, because of the kidney failure, it's causing now some heart failure as well. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of got all these 
things going on <laughs> that just seem to compound. Um, and so now it's, it's front and center that she, she, all she has in her life right now is, is caring for her health. She's at dialysis three days a week. Um, and she's recently had a couple of uh, falls because she insists on living independently. Um, but now she's fiercely dependent on me because she needs her independence. So she's living alone, but she's had a couple of falls. And so she's got four different fractures going on in her pelvic um, tailbone region. And um, so she's mostly in a wheelchair right now, but she's getting better each day. So I'm really, you know, I've been there probably, I don't know, uh, I would say on average, two times a day for the last, like since December, basically. And mm -hmm. uh, three days a week, I'm taking her to dialysis. And that includes like three in the morning, having to go to her apartment to help get her ready, get her driven there and then come home. And then I've got to get the kids up and ready for school and, you know, then drop them off and it's time to pick mom up. And then I bring her home and I feed her and I do her laundry and I clean up her apartment and cook for her and all the things that she can't do for herself, though she, you know, wishes that she could. Mm -hmm. um, when she tries to do things for herself, it ends up, you know, she gets hurt or she burns dinner or you know, things like that, that I've got to go clean up anyway. So it's taken, you know, especially with her falling, it's taken a lot of my time. Um, and I, even over spring break recently, the kids were out of school and the weather was beautiful and the kids were so excited to have some, you know, outdoor playtime, but it was like, okay, guys, stop playing. We got to go take care of your Mimi. And they started to resent her. And that's where it like really crushed me was like, I don't want my kids to resent her because you know, she'll be gone soon. Right. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this internal struggle where I'm like, I don't want to have to take care of her all the time, but I, I have to, and I want to show my kids that that's the right thing to do. But at the same time, I'm like losing my own time, you know? Yeah. 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 One thing that stood out clear to me was when you said, um, your mother was in the same boat you're in now. Yeah. Um, taking care of others and losing track of her own self-care, which spiraled into this crisis she's in. Yeah. So as you say that, does that resonate in you? For sure. That, that this could yeah. be you as well someday. Absolutely. And I'm constantly like thinking about it, like, God, I really need to you know, I need to be healthier myself. I need to make sure I'm going to the doctor and I need to make sure that I'm the healthiest version of myself, physically, mentally, all of it, so that I can, you know, not be this sort of burden on my kids and so that my life is longer, healthier, happier, and not like this. Oh, absolutely. I hear you on that. Yeah. So let's let's take a look at... um the realities, the realistic things in what you're saying, the facts, just the facts, ma'am. Um, yeah. Okay. So you are your mother's only child. That's, yes. That, you know, living child. She's highly dependent on you. 
those are the facts. And I'm wondering how much more is just uh, um, feelings of responsibility. Where where can you delegate? Another fact you said was that she is fiercely independent. Yeah. Therefore making your job harder. (laughs) Yes. Um, You know, you're dealing with another human being and a parental figure at that. It's not like it's uncomfortable for us, even as adult children to say, listen, lady, here's how it's going to be. (laughs) Well, and I think it's been good for her to have me around more often because she's not as lonely. She doesn't have any friends. She doesn't Mm -hmm. have any, you know, outside resources really. So when I'm around, it's like, at least it's another person. Um, and so, but now she's kind of like, well, I want you to come over three times a day. I miss that. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a tough one because, you know, we don't have a tight relationship. We did when I was a kid, but then over the years, that's just, we've grown apart. Um, but I don't, I don't want to leave her lonely. But when I'm there, I'm like, this is a task to me. And, you know, I, are you starting to resent her? Um, I mean, in a way, you don't want to say it, but no, I mean, in a way, yes. But, um, you know, I also feel for her because she's done so much. Um, but you know, it's, it's funny to think about it. She actually resents me openly because, um, you know, she'll say things to me like, well, maybe someday you'll lose your husband and you know what it feels like. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) You know, so. Yeah. It's tough. It is tough. Are there opportunities to you know i don't know what her financial or healthcare situation is but is are there opportunities to bring in a home healthcare worker that could help out um so right now she has she has like a personal care assistant person um and she's there only a couple hours a day for like 3 days a week and her schedule is is kind of wonky right now but all my mom will let her do is clean. That's all mom will let her do. Uh, she won't let her cook because she says she doesn't like her cooking. And she won't let anybody shower her because, uh, you know, her pride. Right. And uh, so literally when she got out of the rehab hospital from her last fall, they set her up with... Um, a nurse that would come by once a week to check on her and physical therapist that comes a couple of days a week. And they were going to bring in um, sort of a, like a wet nurse to help bathe her and, and personal hygiene stuff. And <laughs> they called her to schedule it. And she said, oh no, you know, my daughter's totally capable of doing that for me. So I'm good. <laughs> I'm like the one thing they could take off my plate. You won't help me. Great. Thanks. <laughs> so. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she think, sort of has a lot of expectations on me. Is there an opportunity to have a conversation about how you're feeling and how you love her and you appreciate her, but 
in the same token, you don't want to shorten your own life and find yourself in the situation that she's in um, and that you need her to help you. I mean, yeah, I could, I could definitely do that. My fear, and I've thought about this, my fear is that she openly says, I don't want to be a burden um, because her, when she was raised, her parents raised her to feel like she was a burden all the time. So um, she'll say, I don't want to be a burden, even though she must know that she is being one. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't want her to feel upset. So I want to approach it in a way that won't upset her and won't make her shut down on me. So and how she's do you not- think you could do that? How could you do that? How would that conversation need to go? I guess it's kind of hard for me to, we're, we're not, we don't communicate in the same way. I'm a very emotional, emotional, vulnerable, open book. And she's kind of like the old school, um, things have to look proper versus talking about what's really going on. So I, I don't know how to speak her language and how to like not be emotional about it. And I don't want that to upset her. So I have to find a way to like be like black and white about it, I guess. Right. So what if you could go in with a plan? So really look at your situation and say, okay, what, what would help me the most to take off my plate? Is it finding some sort of taxi service? I know there's something out there. We'd have to look it up, but I know there's some sort of service that will actually pick people up and take them to medical appointments. Um, right. And and it's, if not free, it's very inexpensive. I mean, is it that? Is it being the, the taxi service? Is it food delivery? I mean, there's lots of options for food delivery. Um, what are the things that you need to take that would benefit you the most to take off your plate and then have that in a plan that set, that you could then go back to her and say, look, this is what I need to happen. And this is how we're going to fix it. Right. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I've started talking to her about that she's open to is finding an assisted living facility rather than where she's at. Um, The problem I'm running into is that, you know, she has very limited income and uh, there's very limited options under that. So uh, if I could recommend anything to anybody listening, if if you have the time and the money to get long-term care insurance, do it. Because I didn't know that was a thing. Yes, um, I ran into that too with my mom. I get you, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very real. It's you know, my mother isn't quite there yet, but something that we're discussing, and you start looking at price tags, and you're like, "Good lord, oh, oh, yeah, she makes this." Exactly. Like this. It's it's one week a month, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like they say, it's probably easier to just put your loved one on a cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Um so let's take a look at um what's going on. And I know you're also concerned about her her well-being in that she's lonely. Yeah. Um, you care about her happiness. You you care that she's not lonely. You you right. are respecting her pride. 
I would imagine that if you could lift some of that um, burden that Ramey was just going over with you about, you know, with the food service delivery, the um, the day-to-day things, the laundry, the you may not be able to get away with not doing, um, you know, the bathing. Um, right. I, I understand that. I mean, yeah. that must yeah. be weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. But what? From the lens of what you need, taking some of that burden away so that you can get back to, hey, kids, we're going to go visit Mimi for an hour. So let's go cheer her up. How would that feel to you to just to have, know that you're going over and sure, maybe you're tidying up, maybe you're cooking a meal, but you're also giving her that quality time. Yeah. Of, you know, that mother-daughter relationship it, you know, instead of the the burdened caregiver. Um, right. And that's, yeah. you know, really what the relationship has turned into for me anyway, is that it is a task for me. It is no longer like a deep, meaningful relationship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for her, she's openly said her, you know, reason for existing is, um, you know, my, my kids, mm-hmm. her grandkids. So... <laughs> She adores them, loves them, would do, you know, anything she could for them to make them happy and, you know, please them. Um, And my daughter, God love her, she is, uh, she is a natural born caregiver herself. She's very caring and kind and gentle with her. Whereas my son, who is like an emotional sweetheart, uh, he also gets very frustrated and he's like, no, I don't want to go see Mimi again. You know, at four, he can already convey that so um yeah it's it's trying to keep everything upbeat and keeping it a positive experience for everyone and that's it's got to start with me and I'm the one who struggles with it the most because I feel like I don't have that connection with her yeah you know I can't go deep with her I can't have meaningful conversation with her and I and I know from knowing you that's important to you Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So <laughs> the, the bottom line is, is uh, you're at a breaking point. Your children yeah. are little intuitive sponges. Yeah, that too. They're, they're feeling it. Um, so as a whole for your well-being and your family's well-being, um, you need to save your own life start putting these things together Um, yeah yeah and you know we were we were in a good place um before she fell that it was you know there was a lot of things that she was capable of doing herself and you know we're, we're obviously hoping she can get back to that but I know it's not going to go back to the way it was before. So it's going to be, you know, a version of this. So I do want to find a way that, you know, within myself that I can, even though it's not a deep, meaningful relationship, that I can enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. How can you enjoy it for what it is? Yeah. Because try even though it's as we not might, what I want. <laughs> yeah, try as we we want we cannot pull from another person right that need on an emotional level we just we just can't they are who they right. are um right. 
and I'm sure it's pulling you in just one more direction. Um, so walk us through what would be ideal for you. Um, well, so when the kids are in school and they're, they're full time. So of course summer is coming, but you know, I still have opportunities for like camp for them, but I want to do things for myself. Like since I got pregnant, I don't think I've ever like read a a book full all the way through. I get like, you know, a chapter here or there. Um, I'd love to read more books. I'd love to write like my passion. My, my big hairy audacious goal is to become a published author. And, um, you know, I've always sort of put that on the back burner because I didn't either believe in myself or have the time or, uh, opportunity. And, um, ironically, my husband just got a brand new job and he's working for, um, selfpublishing.com. And his Uh job is to (laughs) connect people with, um, coaches that will help them through the publishing process, the writing and publishing process. So I'm like, okay, universe, I hear you. Yeah, I was going <laughs> yes. to say that sounds really serendipitous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so for her to be needing me so much right now, it's like extra agonizing that it's like what I really want, what I it's like right there. And I just can't drop one of these plates to pick this other one up. Um, you know, so I I would love to have more time that is not filled with. Uh, you know, my mom texting me 18 times a day that she needs this or that or something else came up and come over quick and, um, you know, and or the kids getting sick and having to stay home that I could actually dedicate to, uh, you know, following my own passions and not, you know, like I started out saying, not just be the labels, but fulfill my own needs, fill up my own cup yeah, so yes. that I am a happier more whole person. Right, right. So, you know, I I hate to be the cliche. I just need more time in the day. (laughs) Yeah. Can Um, we have 36 hours a day, please? Is that too much to ask for? And and have time for a nap on top of it. That'd be right. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe read a chapter, have a conversation with a friend. It's right. Yeah. It's hard. It's it's hard to juggle that, especially when you are a caregiver. I'm yeah. You have little ones who can't you have to manage them. That's a, oh, yes. that's a reality right there. Yes. Even though my daughter thinks she's 16, she is not. <laughs> yeah. I bet. I bet. Yeah. And I'm and I'm sure in your day-to-day tasks around your own household, you can start delegating little chores that you know, help you out yes. while, while creating um contributing humans. At the same yes. time. So if I may say so, it sounds like your your biggest concern and your biggest hurdle will be getting your mother to meet you. You know, let's start it halfway with some boundaries. Yeah. Um, because you deserve time for yourself. Um, you deserve to pursue that writing. Yeah. I tell us a little about your your support system from your husband. Uh so he is incredibly supportive, you know, obviously from 
finding a way to, you know, so that we could manage our household on one income. Let me, you know, quit my job so that I could, the intention was to have more time for myself and, you know, be there for the kids more often and, you know, not have to put them in daycare or something like that. So, um, he's super supportive and he's always saying, you know, whatever your dreams are, follow them. Let's, let's find a way to make it happen. Uh, the only problem is, you know, his new job has him working, uh, very long hours, even though he is working from home. So that is a definite perk. Um, and you know, like today, right now he's taken a break out of his day to watch the kids so that I could do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this is, like I said, this is a, a, <laughs> a special treat for me as well to dedicate the time to even think about how to better my life. So he's definitely supportive however he can. Um, so, you know, his time might be occupied, but he'll still do his best to be there for me and, you know, help alleviate what he can at home while I'm taking care of mom or whatever needs to be done when he can. So I'm very grateful to have, you know, him as my support system, you know, Jen is my emotional support system. My, you know, I can text her the most ridiculous stuff. Like this is what happened with mother today. You're not going to believe it, you know, and she'll be there for me what I need. Um, but I, as far as like, you know, it, like I said, I can't, I don't have anybody to tap in and take over. Right. Um, but I have like an emotional support system and I have my husband helping when he can so that I can handle things without dragging the kids along. Okay. That's great. That great. So that, that circles us back to how are we going to build boundaries with mother? Yeah. Assuring that she's getting the care she needs, um, helping her rebuild some independence. Um, do you believe that her story is not yours to own? Meaning these are her things, her issues, her loneliness, her independence, and not Kelly's? Yes. Yeah. I I don't I don't own those, but I do keep them in mind. In consideration. Because, yeah. yeah, because I don't want to be cold with her. Mm-hmm. So I keep those things in mind so that it's like, yes, she's annoying the shit out of me, texting me 18 times a day, but she doesn't have anybody else to text. <laughs> like I try to put myself in her shoes that she's sitting at home. She's alone. She can't, you know, really get around easy. She can't, and she can't even enjoy TV because she can't figure out, you know, how to work these newfangled <laughs> TVs, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I I don't I don't feel like I own her sadness or her grief or her issues, uh, but I do try to keep it top of mind so that I can. And I think maybe because I don't have that emotional connection with her, that helps me have some sort of emotional connection to it, so that I don't just shut it down and walk away. You know. I can relate to so much of this. So I lost my mom to Alzheimer's and I'm also an only child. And so a lot of this, I I understand exactly where you're coming from, being the only caregiver and all of that. Um, 
So let's, I want to break down just a couple more things with you. And then let's, what we, what we need to do here is figure out how to free up some Kelly time so that Kelly can start taking care of Kelly. Um, So let's do a couple things. Let's look at one, if you could, um, maybe if you have pen and paper handy, start thinking about what does Kelly's average day look like knowing that her mom is how she is and she's got the kids and she's got wife duty. She's got all of these things. But if we could break out some of mom duties, what does Kelly's day look like so that she can balance it with mom, kids, wife, and Kelly? Sort of like a, like a timetable or a... Yep. Just kind of write down like what the average day would be. So we're, we know that Right now we're saying we have to go see mom three times a day. We've, yeah. we've said that that's not fair to, to Kelly, to the kids, probably not fair to the husband either. Um, so mom is taking too much of a, a role right now. Um, but I heard you say also that once a day is fair because you can still learn mom's story and, you know, you want to be there for her at the end of life. And that's important. So how do we balance that? So what does the day look like if it was balanced? And then the next step is to figure out how to make it balanced. Okay. So if you're kind of trying to think it through right now and you can write it as you're talking it, what would that balance look like? Uh, Well, I think, you know, there's definite, hard and fast things that she needs, you know, like her dialysis three days a week. And, and while she's um, recovering from her fall and she is getting better, but while she's recovering, she does need me because logistically she can't uh, take paratransit, which is what we used to do is she would take paratransit at three in the morning there. And then after I dropped the kids at school, I would pick her up and bring her home. So those three days are kind of like my hard and fast commitment to her so, uh, also uh, because real quick why can't she do the paratransit anymore uh so with her being in a wheelchair her apartment that she lives in logistically she can't get out by herself there are stairs and not a ramp so uh that's not a possibility until she's recovered okay so um i feel like at least those that's kind of like my bare minimum commitment to her is while she needs me to take her and pick her up that I can continue doing that even though it is it's hard on my body just the broken up sleep and you know all of that on top of it but yeah um while she's recovering I, I also feel like I'm more I can sleep better knowing that she'll be safe uh, rather than wondering if I'm going to get a phone call that she fell again. Okay. So um, even though it's less sleep, it's better sleep. <laughs> sure. No, yeah. that, no, absolutely. Yeah, I get that. So uh, those are, that's your, that's your reality right now. So there is that to factor in. That's not, but it's temporary, right? She's going to, yes. She's going yeah. to eventually get back to that place where, it's more manageable for you. Yes. Um, yeah. 
And you can I would let that say, burden off your plate. Right. I would say, you know, because she her first fall was in December. And by um, the end of February, she was doing great. She was back to, you know, almost her normal. Uh, and then she, you know, got a little too confident in herself and um, took another fall. And so I as- assume that she'll sort of be, I would say comfortably by like June, she'll have more, you know, independence and freedom. And so, yes, it is temporary. Um, but I do feel like there will be some sort of blend of her needing me more. Um, but for now, I, I can commit to those three days a week doing that. And then otherwise, um, my struggle is, you know, I could go to her early afternoon if if she would allow it and like make her an early dinner or prep her dinner so that she just has to pop it in the oven or um, things that I can make for her that she can reheat up in the microwave. Things like that that would be easier. And she actually, she does have uh, like a meals for moms kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she just asked me to cancel it because she just doesn't like it. She doesn't think it tastes good and she won't eat them. So her freezer is literally stocked with all of these meals that she refuses to eat. Oh, no. So she's okay. being kind of a stinker. She is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I can take those and feed the kids that for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Wow. <laughs> like, what do you uh, think it would look like if you were to lay it out in front of her? on paper and just say, look, mom, here's my schedule. And there's no Kelly time here. I understand that you don't like the meals being delivered to you, but here's what I can do. Yeah. I can bring, I can bring you a meal. I can come and cook it at your house. You can help me prep whatever it is that makes her feel like she's connecting with you and feeling more independent and less reliant. Um, but if you could lay out a perfect dynamics, you know, the schedule of this is what I'm doing. This is my timeline. Mother, I'm sorry you don't like it, but this is this is how it's going to be from now on. How would right. that lay with her? I, I think that might actually help for her to sort of because like I say, I put myself in her shoes, but I don't think she puts herself in mine. She's not. She, yeah, uh, I think no. she forgets how much is is taken from me to be a mom and be there for my kids. And yeah. oh, I got suckered into being on the PTO at the school for some damn reason. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I have a husband who gives more than I'm able to give back right now. And so I think I think that's a very valid point is that if I, you know, black and white here, mom, this is, here's all the things you need from me, but here's all the things that my family needs from me. And then where do I fit in things for myself? Yeah. Because I don't want to not have a time to take myself to the doctor and somehow end up with diabetes and not take care of myself and create this whole life this whole environment for the next generation right the generational trauma we don't need that yeah 
So I, I feel like if I, you know, have that sort of black and white conversation with a smattering of my emotion, (laughs) maybe that would help her sort of see things and help us work together to find a balance where she's getting what she needs without feeling like a burden. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting what I need without feeling like a jackass for (laughs) taking away from her. Because it's just the the God's honest truth that even the best of people will take advantage and ask and ask and ask from a person who constantly says yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And until and that's where boundaries are important. Boundaries, yeah. yeah. And I've been there myself. And until you yeah. put on those big girl panties and start taking care of yourself and say, nope, nope, can't do it anymore. Right. And chances are she's going to go, wow, okay, okay. Yeah. There might be some pushback, but that's that's on her. Yeah. If you're really honoring your own boundaries and your own time, um, all you can do is just ask her to accept that. Yeah. You know, we do that with our children. We We place boundaries and expectations on them and we use the word no a lot right yeah otherwise they walk right all over us so <laughs> yeah for and sure so as our parents age it's it really becomes no different than raising toddlers it's yeah <laughs> it's i'm sorry so mom i know you're listening but it's true <laughs> Well, but it, and it's actually worse though because well she's not having memory issues but I know with my mom she was you know had no memory left and so it was actually worse than a toddler because you yeah. can teach a toddler when it's the memory yes. comes in they don't they're not being they're not learning you know so right. it's like the same over and over and over yeah um, so a couple things I wanted to just bring up to you on, on the things that you could potentially do for her. You said that you have had the conversations with her about going into a facility. Is she, yes. is she game? She's open. Uh, but she says, I definitely, I want to see them. I want to, you know, look at them. And she had, um, when she was first diagnosed with the kidney failure, it happened because, um, she started having hallucinations, really bad hallucinations where um, she was like calling 911 saying somebody's chasing me with a machete. Like it was, it was legit scary hallucinations where uh, none of us knew what the hell was going on. But um, she called 911 one too many times and they brought her into the hospital on a legal hold and during that time, the hospital ran a bunch of tests and said, hey, whoa, you've got kidney failure. Mm, and okay. that's your body's way of telling you something's wrong. Right. So once that was sort of brought under control, um, the hallucinations went away. But while she was getting that under control, she was in a facility that was um, kind of like nursing home, a mental care facility. Um, but it was very not lockdown, but she didn't have freedom. It was, you know, you are here for your safety and we will keep you here for your safety. Sure. And so her biggest fear is losing that freedom. And she doesn't want to be stuck. And I keep telling her, mom, assisted living is different. It's not, it's not a nursing home. You're not there, you know, for your own health. It's you're there because this is a safer place for you to live. Sure. So there's another option out there, and I don't 
we'd have to talk on offline to do some more investigation on this, but personal care homes are another option. Have you looked into something along those lines yet? Uh, is that like a group home? No. Well, sort of. Yes. Um, well, usually they are someone's home. Um, uh-huh. So say it was like my house and I had six bedrooms here or something like this. Yeah. I would, and I was a care worker. They would, I would have people in private rooms that stayed here and I took care of them. Um, right. So it would, but they generally would have like full access to the yard and to the neighborhood. And then somebody's cooking their meals and running them to appointments. So it's a whole, and you'd have your own, you know, whatever you provided in the room. So she could have her own TV. She could have her own furniture, her own pictures, her own whatever. Um, yeah. But it's somebody just to be there to make sure she had the care she needed. And right. they, they tend to be way more affordable. Um, yeah. I And I've looked into that in the past and she and I, I mean, years ago, she and I went and looked at some of those um, and the ones that we looked at were kind of bleh, kind of sketched. So she was sort of turned off from then on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that there's, once we kind of look at the options for assisted living and look at the pricing and look at what might be available to us, that we may have to open that door again. Okay. Um, yeah. And you got to definitely do your research, do, yeah. go, you know, get testimonials, talk to people, go visit, do all the things to make sure you're comfortable with it. Right. Um, the other option on assisted living, depending, again, you said the financial situation is not completely fantastic. Yeah. Um, there's Medicaid will also pay for that. Um, so to get down that Medicaid role, I would recommend getting an elder attorney. She has, she has on Medicaid already. Oh, she's already on Medicaid. Oh, okay. God bless. Yes. <laughs> well, they will pay for the facilities. So is that, have you been looking at the they, Medicaid facilities? They, yes. But what I've found is that they, Medicaid pays for the medical side of things. So the, the nurses, the meals, uh, but not the room and board. So the room and board is cash pay. And mm. so the, that's what her social worker explained to me. And that's, you know, there's only two, two or three in town that accept Medicaid anymore. Wow. And okay. when I've called them, I'm waiting for them to call me back so that we can discuss because apparently the room and board portion of it is kind of negotiable when you're on Medicaid. Right. So my experience was, and my mom was actually, well, this was in Texas. So every state's uh-huh. different, but um, the way it was in Texas is that it's Medicaid doesn't cover all of it. You're right. But what they negotiate a plan based on the additional income that right. the person has. So yes. you pretty much give them all of her social security or whatever the exactly. situation is. Yes. Um, so they just, they take the social security plus Medicaid. That's the negotiated agreement. And then yes. they get like $200 a month Dive or in. something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Th- so that's how it worked in Texas where you are. Yeah. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I mean, so the only thing you have to worry about is making sure that the Medicaid or the Social Security payment gets made to the facility. Right. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what I'm hoping. I'm just waiting to hear back from uh, the one that that we're most interested in to see if they've got um, availability or what what that would look like. Yeah. 
So Okay. Well, that would take so much off your plate, one so or much. both of those options. So yes. if she's open to that, yeah. I mean, that might be the way to go. How do you feel about that? I God, I would love that. I would have <laughs> wanted that since before because she opted for uh, her apartment is in like a 55 plus community, but it's still, it's not a medical facility in any way. So yeah, I mean, not only the medical safety security, but also the social aspect. I want yeah. her to have more social interactions so that she's not so reliant on me on a daily basis because I have That's huge. Yes, I need that that mental escape. I need that free up some of that emotional capacity that I've got that's yeah. just being bogged down. Yep. Okay, so let's let's pretend for a minute that mom goes into a facility. Yes. Now, now we have Kelly time. What does Kelly's day look like? How is Kelly making time for Kelly? Uh, well, there's a space in my house that I want to carve out into my like quiet space, my Zen space, um, where I could dedicate to reading, writing. Um, I'd like to say I could make it like, you know, like a power hour where at least like, like an hour of my day, I just shut down everything and dedicate myself to that space and that time, whether it's, you know, meditating or, um, just breathing and just focusing on that. Or, you know, if I want to commit some of that, these ideas that I have in my head to actually writing, um, I think that would be huge because that would really just give me like the boost of energy um, to feel more like myself, more like a, an independent person versus just somebody's daughter, somebody's mother. All these labels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This this is your current reality, Kelly. You do have um, until you can get things situated with your mother and she's more mobile. So we can yeah. move into that space. These are your reality. On the flip side from what we're hearing from you and some of the information you sent us, um, you are at a burnout place. You're yeah. done. Kelly's head's against the wall. Yeah. Um, and you don't have an end date on when all of these things will ideally fall into place for you to have your power hour Yeah. Um, yet. You can work on that. And that's something we'll talk about in a minute. But let's take where you are right now at this minute. And let's think of two or three things that you can squeeze in and implement in some way that will, if nothing else, give you some headspace give you that energy, that deep breath to continue on until you can continue to build on that time for yourself. Right. Um, one thing that that I would love to do that is, and I'd have to talk to David about it, but I'd, I'd love to do either like an early morning or late night, like walk by myself. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I take the dog and I just go just, I don't know, listen to a podcast or listen to music, something that sort of grounds me mm -hmm. and reminds me that I am my own person being alone. And, you know, anybody who's had kids knows, and I didn't realize this, I don't want to be touched. Like, yes, I just, there, oh, there I is most definitely that, that, um, for lack of the term, but a touch burnout. You just yes. get, and a listening burnout. And, um, yes. 
Yes. Yeah. And you do need that time alone. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm just looking in your window right now thinking, dang, 15, 20 minutes. That sounds doable. Right. I, I feel like, you know, if it's even if it's not every day, even if it's like three days a week, mm-hmm. something where I can sort of just have a little escape and, and not feel guilty about it, but yeah. sort of work it into the schedule, work it into, you know. I'm going to go take care of me. And, you know, David, you pack the kids' lunches on those three days. Yeah. 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 And I'm and guessing I, that that husband of yours would be very open to that. He would. Though he openly says, you can't ever get hit by a bus because I don't know where half the shit in the house is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Kelly, put your helmet on. Take your mace. <laughs> you're, you're a big growling dog. So you get back to David, you know, so the house doesn't fall down on his head. Um, yes. So I get that. Um, yeah. But you, you really, you need, it's critical. You need to carve out that time and then you yeah. can slowly build on it. And the more time you spend alone, the more you're going to be able to ask yourself, who am I? What do I want? How do I make this work? And you will have that silence yeah, to receive those messages that mm-hmm. are tapping you on the shoulder right now in the forms of lack of sleep and stress. And yeah. you mentioned um, in your intake, emotional eating, um, yeah. anxiety. These are all the universe tapping you on the head saying, girl, Pay attention. you have to, you have to. Yeah. And it's, yep. it is so ironic that, you know, I, I, my mom's drama, her, all of her issues, all of her health and medical things are because she didn't put herself first. Yes. Yet here I am struggling to put myself first, but I'm aware of it. Like I know I need to, uh-huh. because to your point, I have nothing to pour. I am empty. My bucket yeah. is yep. drip dry. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And you know, the, um, the sweet thing about this practice of self-care is the message you will send to your children. Yes. That, yeah. Um, yes, you will have responsibilities and um, you will have to take care of others and be a compassionate, giving, loving human being, but you have to put yourself first. It's not yeah. selfish. It's not selfish. It's it's um, yeah. necessary. It's essential. <laughs> it's yeah. essential. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And, it, you know, in my previous relationships, I was always the giver. Mm-hmm. And I, I made it my, you know, Bonnie, when you and I first met each other, I made it my priority in life. My goal was to just, because I was single for the first time in my life. And it was like, I'm doing what I want for me because this matters. Yeah, And it was such a, it's such a transformative thing when you really just be selfish in that way. And not that it's it's wrong, but it's good to be selfish. It's important to be selfish. And I, for lack of, you know, I don't know, feeling responsible for everybody, I have let that go. Yes, I remember that transformation in uh, your little uh, Mary Tyler Moore and and Rhoda apartment with Jen and <laughs> yes. your crazy single days. Um, and yeah. well, well, of course you can't revisit that. No, um, there are elements of it you can. You mentioned in your intake also just needing to be around more um, encouraging and um, people who make you laugh and yeah. So yeah, lighthearted company. Yeah. 
So that's another yeah. thing. You, you can maybe carve a, a once a month happy hour with a girlfriend. Or yeah. These little yeah. things that give you um, that dangling carrot that you can get there. This is This is for me. This is mom time. This is daughter time. This is wife time. This is me. Yeah. And it really is something super important to teach your kids that mm-hmm. we all need our personal space and our personal time because, yeah. you know, as women, especially as Gen X women, we suck at doing that. We have been trained that we can do it all and we can have it all. And yeah. that means that in the end, we really have nothing, right? Yeah. Because we lose ourselves in all of that. Yeah. And so. And so um, at the sake of time here, let's go ahead and see, wrap this up a little bit. And what I want to do is just kind of go back through some of the things that we talked about and try to help you figure out next steps for yourself. So some of the things we talked about here that might be able to help loosen your burden and bring you back more to yourself is going to be to have that real heart-to-heart talk with your mom and let her see your reality and help her buy into your situation. Does that still feel like something you could do? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you just kind of hit it on the nail is getting her buy-in. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's so funny when I used to work in the corporate world, like my forte was, was you know, letting people think that something was their idea, but it really yeah. it was mine and just forcing it on them. So exactly. I think I can find those tactics and bring it into yeah, dealing with absolutely. Love. That's right. You know what you're doing. Life yeah. is a negotiation. It's mm-hmm. it's a business whether we believe it or not, it is. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, keep pursuing finding a facility for her. Yeah. Make sure, make sure she's part of the process because she's going to have to be the one that lives there and she needs to think, again, it's her idea and that she's going to be comfortable and safe and secure and the food's good. (laughs) (laughs) Knock on wood. (laughs) Right. So, you know, and that might be the way to get her to buy in too, is a lot of them will allow you to do a lunch. And so you can do a lunch visit where you can actually sit down and have the food. Um, So keep looking at that because that's going to be your um, knight in shining armor, I think. I think too, yeah. Let's talk more about this walk in the evening. There, I, There's so much good stuff in that. Um, nature is the number one best healer in life. Um, yeah. So taking the walk, taking the dog helps a little, add a little safety and security. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, the, the, pod, I, the podcast, listen to different podcasts that will fill you up. That's great. Um, also take some of those walks and just be mindful. Take in. Yeah. The birds, hear even the traffic, smell the smells, do the things, because that'll bring you into the moment and into Kelly. Yeah. Um, so those three things, I think, are huge. Um, how how do those, how do you resonate with those? Do you feel like you can incorporate those three things? Yeah, I definitely think so. Okay. Is there anything else you want to hit on before we close out this call? Uh Gosh. <laughs> uh, do you have any tips on how to get kids to sleep in their bed all night? And <laughs> I wish I'm working on that. Um, oh, that's awful. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Kelly, it's it's really hard to 
fix everything in one hour. And I know you knew that coming into this, but I think you made a lot of progress. I think you hit on some aha moments. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's what's good with these, like we call them like little discovery sessions. It just, you finally say what's on your mind. You have a, a person listening to that that can help you start working out a direction in the way you want to go. Right. So I hope that's something that um, you took away from it with, with a little bit of positivity and a glimmer Absolutely. of and some direction. Absolutely. Even yeah. just taking this hour to myself in the midst of being needed by my sick kids, you know, it's yeah. like forcing yeah. it to just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. being able to talk about it sometimes is huge, right? For sure. For yes. sure. Yeah. 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 And I would just say, give yourself that permission to feel all these things. You're a compassionate, loving, giving person. And that is a good thing. Um, and that's why you're in this position you are now. You're struggling with um, losing yourself in the midst of it. But I need you to love yourself first. Put yeah. on your oxygen mask, fill your cup, <laughs> all those other cliches, because yes. Yes, they might yep. sound silly, but they're true. So, it is. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Well, the, again, the end answer is if we don't fill Kelly's cup, there will be no, no Kelly. And then who's right. going to take care of the kids? And who's going to take care of mom? And who's going to take care of the husband? And who's right. going to take care of Kelly? Well, she's gone, so it doesn't matter anymore. That's yeah. not right. good. Yeah. Right, right. All right. So Kelly, I'm going to check back in with you in about a week. And I'm going okay. to challenge you to have at least started taking a walk. Um, yes. To see where you are in... Um, your game plan with mother and just see how you're feeling. We'll touch base again and go from there. Okay. That sounds awesome. I appreciate it. Well, we really appreciate you volunteering to come on our show and offer some insight um, into what coaching is all about. And also just being so open and vulnerable with your own story and um, just know that by sharing this hour with us, you've also opened up, a lot of possibilities for a lot of women out there in your shoes. So you're, love it. you're a gosh darn trailblazer. So <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Thank all you. Right. You're so very welcome. All right. Okay. And thank you all of our ladies out there listening and gentlemen, if you're listening also, um, we may have mentioned before that we have a new um, email address. And if you're ever interested in being a guest on our show, whether you'd like a coaching session or you have something of a story or a service to offer our listeners, please email us at conversations on life, work, and love at gmail.com. And until next week, we will see you later. Take care. Join us every Thursday for more conversations on life, work, and love. And when you're ready to find your own voice and your own path towards a well-lived life, we'd love to be your coaches. Reach out to us through our websites. You'll find me, Ramey, at renovatedrealities.com. And you'll find me, Bonnie, at bonnieblackstone.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to review, rate, and follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.